Welcome back, everyone, to Season 3 of the Axe Church Podcast. This season will be a little different from the previous two seasons in that it will be an archive of sermons and Bible studies from the past several years. We see this as an opportunity to create a source for learning, a library of study that you can tune into and listen to wherever you listen to podcasts. Our hope is that you will learn and grow in your relationship with God and receive the revelation of truth. God bless, and we hope you enjoy. begin to uh, continue our search for truth study so good to have everybody here today uh, all of our guests were just tickled you're here with us today and I uh, want you just enjoy the presence of the Lord with us it's our desire and our will to take you to his presence amen the number one priority is to get you in the presence of the most high God he can do more in five seconds than we can in 50 years Just let God touch you. Let God talk to you. Let God deal with you. Let God reveal himself to you, and you'll walk out of here a changed person. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's go to the word of the Lord today, if we can. We have uh, lapsed into the New Testament, and we're talking about uh, Jesus' ministry. We're going to talk about who was Jesus Christ. And uh, if you will, if you have your Bibles, I want you to go to John chapter 1. And we're going to begin reading at verse number one. Now, we are studying through Search for Truth, and we are, in our study, we are in what dispensation? I'm getting all kinds of, I'm getting all kinds of answers here. In our study, where are we at? We're in the dispensation of the law. Very good, very good. It's very important you understand when you read your Bible what dispensation you're reading in because it's you can be confused as to the plan of salvation if you're not careful. John chapter 1, we're going to begin reading at verse 1. When you get there, say amen. If you're going to cheat off the board behind me, say amen. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God, all things. Everybody say all things. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehendeth it not. Verse number 9. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh in the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Verse 14, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Verse 18, no man hath seen God at any time, semicolon. In other words, he's going to explain something. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him or he hath showed him to us. So we're talking about Jesus Christ and his earthly earthly ministry. 
He was, uh, he was born of a virgin, walked this earth, and when he was here in his three and a half years of ministry, he healed the sick, he raised the dead, he taught in stories and parables, and then he, he uh, cast out demons, he opened blinded eyes, he did all these things, but we want to talk today about who was Jesus Christ. Who was Jesus Christ? So I'm on uh, slide number 31, Brother Mike. Who was Jesus Christ? In our slide right here, we've got two sides. On the left side, we have the, the, the Son of God, the fleshly, the human man, the Son of Man, you would say. Jesus referred to himself more as the Son of Man than he ever did as the Son of God. He always referred to himself the Son of Man. He would say statements like this, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And so he's asking a question as to their revelation as to who the body, the man Christ Jesus, uh, is. To understand the Godhead, to understand Jesus, you have to have two revelations. And it's really one, but I, I like to divide it up into two revelations so it's a little easier understood uh, right off the bat. You have to have a revelation of the mighty God in Christ and the man, Christ Jesus. You have to understand. It is imperative that you understand both of these. Because as the man Christ Jesus, he got sleepy and went to sleep in the bottom of a boat. As the man Christ Jesus, he got hungry and he got weary with his journey and he would sit on the well and he sent his disciples into town to get something to eat. And and as the man Christ Jesus, he got thirsty, and hanging on the cross, he said, I thirst. As the man Christ Jesus, he experienced the pain and the, the heartache that comes with being human. But as the mighty God in Christ, he never slept. As the man Christ Jesus, he got hungry, but as the mighty God in Christ, he was able to take bread and break it and feed 5,000. As the man Christ Jesus, he... he uh, was in the bottom of the boat asleep. But as the mighty God in Christ, he stepped to the bow of the boat and said, peace be still, and the winds obeyed his voice. You have to have a divine revelation that comes to you. Uh, Memo Rogers said it. If she said it once, she said it a thousand times. It comes by revelation. You have to have a revelation of who Jesus really is. Okay? So today we're going to quickly talk about who was Jesus Christ? He was born a baby or a son, but he was born the mighty God. And there are some scriptures here. I want you to just jot these down because I don't have time to go into all these verses. So to those of you that are taking notes, I want you to write these, these verses down. Born a baby or a son, Matthew 1 and 23 through 25. He was born the mighty God. That's Isaiah 9 and 6. Okay. I want to do something here, just a moment. I'm on. I just, I feel like winging this a minute. Is that all right? Y'all know me. I don't never do that. <laughs> I never wing anything, do I? Everything's always 
lined out. <laughs> Who was Jesus? I want you to picture with me. Without going into a lot of detail, in 325 A.D., the Roman Catholic Church at the, at the Nicene Council instituted or brought about what is known today as the Holy Trinity. And in Christendom, the majority of Christians believe in the Holy Trinity. And they pray, uh, and they baptize, and they do everything in the names of or the titles of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. It's very imperative that you understand who Jesus is. Jesus made this statement. He said, unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. Because the revelation of the name of Jesus is so important because until the revelation of the name of Jesus and the power of who Jesus is is revealed to you, you will not be baptized in his name. And without the shedding of blood, there is... No remission of sins. And there's, it's, it doesn't do any good to shed the blood of the lamb if the blood of the lamb is not applied. Amen? So let's talk about this for just a moment. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And I like to do it this way because um, it's kind of comical, actually, uh, when you think about it logically. I'm just going to approach it from good old South Arkansas logic, if we can. And maybe I can get a, give you a revelation of of, of uh, who God is, who Jesus is by going that way. We have Father, we have Son, and we have Holy Ghost. Now, who here would agree with me? Who would lift your hand and agree with me that in order to have a Son, you have to have a Father? Everybody agree with me on that? And would everybody agree with me that the Son, in this case, would be the Son of the Everlasting Father? Would everybody agree with me on that? All right, so, so in understanding that, just basic logic, you know, I'm I, 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 not the sharpest knife in the drawer, and the only thing that stood between me and college was high school. Uh, and I, I don't have a whole lot of intellect, but, I, you know, just with my own reasoning, I understand that you ha if you have a father and a son, that the Father is the Father of the Son, and the Son is the Son of the Father. Is that just not good old-fashioned sense? Can everybody understand that? Okay. In other words, Gentry, come here. Come here. You're the closest one. Now, this kid is one of the best-looking kids you'll ever see. You know why? Y'all quit pointing over there. She didn't have nothing to do with it. Okay, he is my son, right? So I am his father. Is that right? He was conceived by me. I'm his daddy. Okay? All right. Seth, come here. I want to introduce you to the Holy Ghost. Seth is, he's representing the Holy Ghost today. This is the Holy Ghost, and I am the father and Gentry is Jesus. He's the son. Everybody got that picture? All right, so here we are. I am the eternal father. Gentry, or Jesus here, is the eternal son. Seth here is the eternal Holy Ghost. Everybody got that picture? 
Okay, so how many of you would agree with me? Who, who here can tell me, can anybody tell me, who is the father of the son? Huh? No, who's the father? Po- point, point to the father. Point to the father of the, logically, when you're thinking logically, if I'm the father and he's the son, who is his father? Me, the eternal father, the eternal spirit. Now, go with me to Matthew chapter 1. Let's read something here. Matthew, the first chapter, and verse number 18. I want to try to give you a revelation here of of, of who Jesus Christ really is. Okay? Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. 18. Now, the birth of... Okay, who is that? The Son. The birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. In other words, it happened like this. When as his mother Mary was a spouse to Joseph, before they came together, before they were intimate... She was found with child of the, wait a minute, we got a problem. Surely, surely Matthew didn't know what he was talking about here. He he misspoke there. Let's let's continue reading, and we'll maybe find the answer to this. Then Joseph, her husband being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take of thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of thee. So, now we're just using logic here now. If the Holy Ghost, if Seth is the one that conceived the son, then what does that make Seth? Then that means I'm no longer the father. If you're going to divide them up into three different persons, they are three different persons, then the Holy Ghost, according to the Scripture, is the Father of the Son, which means that the Father is not the Father anymore. Unless the eternal Spirit, the eternal Father, and the Holy Ghost are one and the same. So in other words... The eternal God throughout all the ages in the form of the Holy Ghost overshadowed a virgin and she conceived a child. So that means that the Father and the Holy Ghost are one and the same. They're not two different persons. They're one and the same. So now we're down to two. So now when we can erase one. We know now that the Holy Ghost Let's just talk about the definition of the Holy Ghost. Stay there just a minute, Jesus. Holy Ghost. How many of you know what the word ghost means? Spirit. Spirit of a departed one. Okay? Holy means there's only one holy, and that's God. So when you say Holy Ghost, you're saying the same thing as Holy Spirit. They're interchangeable. Same thing. You can say Holy Spirit. A lot of people today say, well, you know, I felt the Holy Spirit. That's good. I like to use the word Holy Ghost myself. But uh, Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, same thing. And you're talking about none other than God. It is his spirit. He is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And he is a holy spirit. So he's the Holy Ghost. Wouldn't you say that the eternal father is a spirit? And wouldn't you say that he's holy? Okay. So now then, let's just take away that term right there. Holy Ghost. Now we're down to two. We're down to the father. And the Son. Now then, let's go to John chapter 14. 
John, the 14th chapter, and we're going to begin reading at verse number 1. I'm trying to give a revelation of who Jesus is. Now, we'll go back to this slide here in just a moment, and you can write down a few verses to study later in your study time. But this is imperative that you understand the Godhead. You understand who Jesus is. John chapter 14, verse 1, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In other words, you believe in the mighty God in Christ, then believe in the man Christ Jesus. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And whether I go, you know, and the way you know. And Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not whether thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man can cometh unto the Father but by me. Verse 7, if you had known me, you should have known my father also, and from henceforth you know him and, now this is the key word right here. This is the key phrase. This one right here, this is the kicker. He says, Jesus is saying, guys, you're looking at me and you're, you're seeing the eternal father. Okay, that's what he's saying. You're, when you look at me, you're seeing the eternal father. He said, from now on, you know who he is, and you have seen him. In other words, you have now laid eyes on him. Okay, now watch this. Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the father, because these are Jews. You got to understand who he's talking about. He's talking to Jews, and Jews are one God people. They only serve Jehovah, Yahweh. The Lord is one, Okay. And so they understand that Messiah is going to be Jehovah, manifest in the flesh, coming to sit upon the throne of King David for, for eternity, okay? So Philip says, Lord, show us the Father. Show us Jehovah, and we'll be happy. And Jesus gets mad. He said, have I been so long with you, and yet thou hast not noticed the phraseology here. He said, have I been so long time with you, and yet that hast thou not known me, Philip? He that has seen me hath seen the Father. How sayest thou then, show us the Father? Do you not understand? I've been doing miracles in front of you. I've been raising the dead, walking on the water, stealing the wind. Do you not get it yet? I am almighty God wrapped in this fleshly body, and when you're looking at me, you're looking at almighty God. So Jesus said, when you've seen the Father, you've seen me. So Jesus is saying that I and my Father are one, so when you say Jesus, you have said it all. It's all in him. Now, let's go to Colossians. Let's Colossians. Now, I want to clarify something to you very quickly. I'm going to be real, real quick with you, and I'm going to draw this again. Now, now this is the way the Trinity describes the Holy Ghost. I mean, describes God, okay? When you talk to a Trinitarian, they'll say, you say, how many gods are there? They'll say, one God. And then they'll say, well, what's his name? Well, huh, you stumped them right there. Well, he's Jehovah, okay? He's Jehovah. Well, there's a whole bunch of Jehovahs, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah, uh, all these different things. Well, what about 
El Elyon? What about Elohim? What about the Almighty? What about all these others? Are they God? If we're going to start busting God up into personalities and parts, man, that'd be a whole bunch of them. Because he's revealed himself in so many, many ways. Okay? But the Trinitarian said, well, there's one God, but he, there's three persons in one. There's three in one. There's the Father, there's the Son, and there's the Holy Ghost, and they're co-equal, co-existent, co-eternal. So they say that this, the Father is the first person in the Godhead, and the Son is the second person in the Godhead. There's a great song out that I love, love the song. And I'm going to change one line in it, we're going to sing it, because I love that song. He is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. The Son of God, King of kings, Lord of lords, He's everything. Messiah, Jehovah, the Prince of Peace is He. Isn't that awesome? The Son of Man, Seed of Abraham, second person in the Trinity. Wait a minute. You just said Alpha. What does Alpha mean? <laughs> Wait, you just said Omega. Now, which is he? Is he the first or is he the second? You just called him the second person in the Trinity. Now, think about that just a moment. First, second, and third. Jesus is the second person in the Godhead. That's what they're saying. Well, Jesus is the second person in the Godhead. So that means they're saying that the Son is in the Godhead. Let's read Colossians chapter 2 and verse number 8. Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after After Jesus Christ. you got to be after Jesus Christ. Why? Verse 9. For in him, in who? In Jesus dwelleth how much? No, surely he misspoke. Surely he meant one-third. Surely the Apostle Paul meant oh, in, in Christ dwelleth one-third of the Godhead. That's not what he says that in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. So that means that Jesus is not the second person in the Trinity. That means that Jesus, that in Jesus all the fullness of the Godhead dwells. So when you say Jesus, you understand why is his name so important? Because at the name of Jesus, all hell trembles. When you speak his name, he said, when you do everything you do in word or deed, do all in the name of Jesus. When you pray, pray in his name. When you sing, sing in Jesus' name. When you preach, preach in Jesus' name. When you baptize, baptize in Jesus' name. Everything needs to be in the name of Jesus because that is the eternal power of God. When I die, when I die, these boys are going to be able to go in and take those papers and they're going to, go to, they're going to call David up. He's my insurance man. And they're going to say, hey, old pop's dead. 
write me a check. And when they walk in there to get that money, do you know what's going to give them the authority and the power to, to, to receive their inheritance? My name is what's going to give them the authority. They can't walk in and say, well, he, he was my dad. He was my father. He was a, he's, he's this, that, and the other. If they don't have the name, if their name's not written down huh, on the receipt, if their name's not there, if my name's not there, then there is no power to receive any payment. But when the name of Jesus Christ, the eternal Father that was made flesh, has been put upon me, then when I go before the throne, I say I can receive the payment because I have the name of Jesus all over me. Hallelujah. Well, glory. All right, all right, sit down, sit down. It's Sunday school. You're not supposed to get excited. Save that for later. It's very, listen to me, it is very important that you get the revelation as to who Jesus Christ really is. He is not just the plan of God. He's not just the plan of salvation. The name of Jesus Christ is the saving name of Yahweh. Woo! When I say Jesus, I've said it all. I don't have to think about who am I going to call when I'm sick. I don't have to figure out which Jehovah I need to talk to. And when I need a provider, I don't have to figure out what name I got to find, which one I'm going to pray to. When I need this, when I need that, I don't have to go figure out which, which theophany to get a hold of. All I do is speak the name of Jesus. If I need a healer, he's a healer. If I need a deliverer, he's a deliverer. If I need a savior, if I need a friend, he's my comfort. He's my rock. He's my everything. And watch this. This is what Jesus says. He said, you're going to be hated for my name. Why do you make such a big deal out of it, Brother Needham? Why is it? Well, what's the big deal? Why? Why make such a fuss over the name of Jesus? Go with the flow. Everybody else is doing it. I mean, it doesn't matter really. There's really no difference. I mean, we was dunked. I mean, we was dunked, we was baptized, and it doesn't really matter if he said Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Well, who cares? I mean, you know who he's talking about. I mean, we all know who he's talking about. Without the name, there's no power. David Neely said, and my members think they're due. And there ain't nothing you can do. Your hands are tied. He knows their family. He knows they're related. He knows they, they're, they're due. The intent of the deceased was for them to have it. That was the intent of the guy that died. He intended to leave. But because the paperwork wasn't right, he has to stand and say, I'm sorry. Oh, I feel the Holy don't get at the judgment and say, well, it was your intent. It was your intent. Yeah, I left you inheritance, but you never filled out the paperwork. You never got my name on you. I feel like we're going to have church in here today. Anybody want to have church here today? Let's stand to our feet and let's just ask the Lord to move in this place today. Can we do that? Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray for the Shekinah anointing of God that I feel right now in my soul. I pray, God, that your divine revelatory power would move in this house. Let the Holy Ghost speak to us today, Lord.
break every chain.